Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Emmett Mann. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like and subscribe there as well. Iman is here. Hello, Iman. Hello. Talking about How are this. You? Um, I'm doing well, doing well, doing swell. Talking about this uh, blog you and Asad are doing. Yes, pros and claws. Find that on Substack, yes. guys. Find it for free. It's pro. That's P R O S E and claws C L A W S. Got a little pun in there. Um, yeah. And we we talk about Raptor stuff. I mean, uh, Assad was watching Summer League games and giving people grades on there. He also has this entire piece out on uh, McDaniels, who, uh, of course, has just joined the team and talking about, it, it, to me, like the way that it's broken down, I think is really great. If I can just like pump that up really quickly. Please just because. It's broken down by like the good things that he brings, the meh things and the not so great things. And so you get to see what his advantage is in bringing another long wing to this Raptors team that maybe has too many of those guys already, but he looks to be a great addition. So that's really great. I also just put out a piece there on Damian Lillard, just sort of breaking down the trade scenarios there and what Portland should be getting out of it. And I think it ties into the Raptors because we maybe have a guy who is you know the face of this franchise who might be on the move as well and there's a lot of talk about what to get out of um a trade when you're making a trade for your best player yeah uh good stuff um i haven't read uh, too many of the pieces yet but i have subscribed and i'm going to check them out and then i saw that you. you had wrote about damian Lillard. and i'm like oh i had no idea actually that you were you were part of it so very cool two talented people talking basketball and you can't get enough Appreciate of that it. that's for sure check it out for free guys yeah let's do so to quote, actually, a tweet of yours, no offense to the Raptors, but what the hell are you doing? You woke up and you, and you said that. Um, what made, what prompted that, Amon? Tell me. Thinking about this pod for today. I'm like, okay, going to cool. talk about the Raptors. Yeah. What were the Raptors even doing? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of it. Um, ESPN, they came up with their power rankings and the Raptors are 25th. 25th. Now, I understand that, too, because there's like we don't know what the final roster is going to be like. I mean, I just look at I have all the names here, all the people that are on the team. And usually and I'm I, I'm talking about the Raptors. I'm aware of this. But usually with a, a roster, you have, you know, the, your your typical rotation guys. You have some guys that might play if there's injuries. And then there's their back end guys that are usually not going to be playing too much they're your two ways they're up and down yada 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 but the raptors currently and i'm aware that they're projected to be a step back of what they were last season but we'll see see what happens but they have a lot of guys that should play nba minutes i'll put it that way which is odd we're like and i don't think they're going to go 13 deep but just looking at the names like you could you could make a case for them to go 13 deep is it a good idea? No, you're probably going to go with your seven or eight guys, but that does lend you to think that they're not done with their transactions. 
That's not yeah, no, change. I completely agree. Because despite the fact that they can go 13 deep, they still lack some really key things that any team is going to need. Number yeah. one, pull-up shooting. Number two, pull-up shooting. Number three, pull-up shooting. Did I mention pull-up shooting? Um, they're, they're really going to... And just three-point shooting in general. Um, yeah. You know, catch-and-shoot threes as well. They just need more guards. Um, they have a ton of long wings. They've got a ton of forwards. It's just more guard play is what this team needs. I think mm-hmm. bringing in Dennis Schroeder, cool. There was obviously the talk about Ty the Hero, not as enthused. Um, but I understand why that was, you know, a topic of conversation this summer because what the Raptors need, as I just mentioned, is pull-up shooting. They need more guard play. Yeah. And, you know, um, Ty the Hero, who's a shooting guard, he doesn't bring you, you know, the the... He brings some elements of guard play with what the Raptors need, but he doesn't bring everything. And that's why I wasn't enthused with the idea of bringing him in, because I think what the Raptors are going to be doing is a lot of things by committee. And as we saw last year, that didn't really work when you have a bunch of guys doing things by committee. We saw that with the center rotation, right? Like, think Mm. about how different this team looked when they had an actual center versus when they needed all of their big long wings to try to take away the middle and also rotate out to the corner three, they were giving up a ton of corner threes. And they built that team with the idea that this is what these guys can do. And it's true. It's what they can do. It's just really hard to play that aggressive style of defense for 40 minutes a night, which is what some of these guys were averaging over the course of an 82 game season. And so it's like, if you couldn't do it by committee, even though the philosophy and what you guys were brought in to do was to do exactly that, how are mm. you guys going to do the point guard thing by committee? <laughs> like nobody's a real true point guard. <laughs> so it's like, sure. it's like taking the center thing and like flipping it on its head mm. in a way that doesn't make sense and makes me nervous. And what's funny also is that the Raptors do have three point guards on their roster Four, if you want to include Scotty Barnes, which I'm sure he would too. The Raptors put some He's light on that fire. Is he? Is he? That's my question. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to get into that. But I mean, their post about him being a big guard that they sent out yesterday, subliminal messaging, I don't know. Um, but we're going to get to that in a second. Actually, no, we'll start with Scotty Barnes, okay? So the pros and cons of Scotty Barnes being your, your starting point guard. There's ways to look at it on both ends. Obviously, um, I, don't, I think it's fair to say the Raptors don't have the complementary pieces necessarily to yeah. build around a point guard of scotty barnes but again that could very well change i i mean i don't think it's crazy to think that the ideal starting lineup for Masai and bobby going into next season would probably be like scotty barnes gary trent jr grady dick og Ananobi, and yaka Pertle. i could see them like thinking that that's what they want now grady dick being a starter probably not but it's like that element of shooting maybe it's auto porter jr who the hell knows but they want when you have scotty barnes as your point guard you do want three reliable shooters around him along with a a center so you have the center og gary trent moving on um but in the end scotty barnes with his current skill set as we saw last season he did play some point guard not a lot but he he did in flashes and he was often playing with i mean some of the guys off the bench and the the results were up and down but from your standpoint let's start with the pros we'll be positive it's a friday the pros of scotty barnes at point guard versus someone like Fred Van Vliet. I, I think versus someone like Fred Van Vliet, it's, it's, it's difficult because, I mean, one is, I guess, size, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is a pro? You have playmaking with size is great, but I sort of called it 
point guard by committee. And, and I didn't want to take anything away from Scotty Barnes because I think he still will be the person with the ball. He will yeah. be the person bringing it up. He will be your nominal point guard. Um, but to me, the the difference in saying it's by committee is we saw what Scotty does so well, right? Like mm-hmm. he's so great in the short role. He's so great. Just didn't like, he, he's such a big and strong presence that like, you don't want to take away from the things that Scotty also excels at. He's never going to be, you know, comparing him to, Fred, we'll save that for cons. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to mention something, but like in terms of the pros, I think Scotty wants to play this role and yeah. you're, you're letting him see it. The third year is the big year for all of these guys, sure. right? Like that's where you watch Pascal go from being a bench player to being a starter, right? He wasn't supposed to be mm. your starter in that third year. It was going to be between him and OG and pick whoever plays best that night. And he obviously OG was dealing with, other things that were happening that season as well, but Pascal also took that spot and absolutely ran with it. And so year three is really the year to be focusing in on a lot of these yeah. guys. And I think with Scotty, you got the size, which has been great. Um, it's his role. It's what he wants to do. And so you're saying, okay, let's see it. You want to be this guy. If we believe you to be this star, if we believe you to be the superstar, here's your chance to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think hopefully with the ball in Scotty's hands, we're going to get a more aggressive Scotty Barnes because I think sometimes he kind of got lost in the offense a little bit. And yeah. I think having a more aggressive Scotty Barnes just makes this Raptors team better. It's, it changes the look of this team entirely. So another point. Yeah. Yep. And there's, yeah, I mean, maybe it was unfair to compare him to Fred necessarily because they're two very different players. But the idea was that there are a few things that he does offer versus Fred. Now, Fred, like, he's going to go and do great things in Houston. I don't I really have a doubt about that. But for Scotty, he is getting what he's looking for. Right, this is what he wants. And when we saw him take over fourth quarters, largely it was him with the ball in his hands and he was causing havoc. Now, is he able to do that, sustain that over the course of a game is the question. Can he, you know, night in, night out, set the pace of the game and control the pace. Like he's going to be challenged quite a bit with his dribble. I think that's fair to say. I mean, overall, like I think with a player like him um, and I'm sure he's working on this right now, but the Alex Caruso's, the Pat Beverly's, these are the guys that are going to be probably guarding him. They're going to be picking him up full court and he's going to have to navigate that. And he's already mentioned that some of those kinds of players are the ones that give him trouble because he's not always able to see them in post-ups where they're coming from. Right, just from yeah. his his side, and those are going to be the things that he's going to have to deal with, you know, game by game. But I'll get into his dribble. Definitely, yeah, and that's yeah. that's what that's going to be the mo. And then he's going to have to, you know, in a pick and roll situation, if he is given those kinds of reps, I don't know if he will be. But those eighteen foot jump shots that he was hitting towards the end of the season, I saw. Like I had the did a video on this. He shot ten percent better in the last seventeen games uh, via the mid range. So. Can he make those shots? Can he force teams to uh, to go uh, over on screen so we can continue to get downhill and penetrate the paint? And it's going to be his challenge. Now, he loves being able to find you know his cutters, and I don't doubt he's going to be able to continue to do that, but the ball handling is going to be a big challenge for him. I think. And they're going to go under on screens, right? Like that's yeah. the that's the sort of issue with having like in terms of getting into the cons. One of the biggest ones there is the Raptors finally have a big man who can roll. They finally have a roller, and now they don't really have yeah. the ball yeah. handler unless you Malachi Flynn takes another leap. And mm-hmm. we can talk about Malachi in, in a bit, I guess. But um, for Scotty, they're going to go under screens, right? And mm-hmm. and how do you navigate? Like, I, I like that you brought up the dribble because his handle is going to be pertinent to trying to navigate through that because yeah. you're going to have no space to operate under. Can you still 
find something. And that's where his passing mm-hmm. is going to become obviously so incredibly important. But he's also like going to need to have a three. Like that's just the next step. If you want to be a lead ball handler in this league, Yep. If you want to be a point guard, not, mm. you know, a Bam Adebayo who can still be the hub of the offense. So much of Miami's offense runs through Bam Adebayo. I think that that could be so great for uh, a guy like Scotty Barnes. And I think the Raptors are going to run a ton of dribble handoff next year, too. I think sure. we're going to see some of the things that Miami does just in terms of the creativity of getting their guys looks. Mm. Um, can you be, you know, the Draymond Green in certain situations? And it's like maybe okay a little bit different but um (laughs) you you need to be the hub of the offense but you need to be able to take that outside shot if you want to be the main ball handler he's Mm. going to need a three-point shot just in terms of long term not just with this season because if this season is really about scotty barnes's growth and about his trajectory and finding things if your role is point guard your role includes it it is important part is that outside shooting that pull-up shoot shooting number one but also just having a three just like being able to take a three is so important as a guard Hmm. I wonder if he's going to be as disciplined as we are looking for him to be with the ball I mean his passes are flashy Um, they turn heads and they make you go wow look at this what this guy's doing at his height but I mean Fred had mentioned this too towards the end of the season that what he liked about Scotty's growth throughout the season was that he was making smarter passes. He wasn't making, yeah. wasn't as risky and he was being smarter with the ball. He was taking care of it. Now that was part of the Raptors MO limit turnovers, force turnovers. We know the deal. So maybe that's a bit different going into next season. I'm very curious what we see from Darko, what kind of system we see. We are on, we all know the spacing limitations that the Raptors present. However, I do wonder what a, an offense that has a bit more pace to it, that has more touch screens, that has more slips, more cuts that are better timed. And if they're optimizing the space on each part of the court, which is, these are the things that we're kind of getting from what Darko is going to be bringing forward with uh, the previous experience he's had in uh, Phoenix and also with the Grizzlies. I wonder what that looks because we haven't seen that, right? We know the spacing, spacing limitations. Yes, Fred shot 35% from three last season. It was a down year. Actually, funny enough, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder and Fred shot the same percentage on catch two threes last season. I think the difference in that though is so much, and and Fred had a bad year. And I think when we're talking about what to sort of replicate or what the Raptors need, they don't need Fred from last year. They need Fred from two years ago, right? Like if you brought Fred back, we would be having this conversation about not like Fred replicating last year, but getting closer to the year before, because that's the type of guard that the Raptors truly Mm. need. But beyond that, even Fred last year, the difference between him and Dennis Schroeder, despite the fact that they shot the same on catch and yeah. shoot, is defenses are scared of Fred in a way that they're not scared of Dennis Schroeder. I mean, you still want to get a guy out there, I guess, but he doesn't. Yeah. he's not the threat that a Fred Van Vliet is because mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet has been a career 40% shooter on close to 10 attempts a game, right? So it's, to, it's so much more the way that defenses guard you than like just the percentage that you make because that's what spacing truly is and I think that like when we come back to Scotty Barnes it's got to be aggression he's got to be able to take those trust like what regardless like Ben Simmons not to compare them as players but like Ben Simmons completely fell off a cliff when he just refused to shoot outside of five feet when you just do that you absolutely just like hamstring your Mm -hmm. team there's nothing that they can do he needed to be able to take those shots regardless of if they were going in or not when you want to be the lead ball handler for your team it's just an important part and I think 
the biggest difference between a Scotty and a Ben Simmons is I trust Scotty's confidence. I trust that Scotty's going to be able to do that. I trust his aggression. And we see it when Scotty's aggressive, when Scotty's looking for his shot, it's it's such a big difference to what this Raptors yeah. offense does. But I think your your point about passing as well, um, it's not about making the, the flashy pass, but it's it's just not about getting the assist. It's about making mm-hmm. the right play. And I think yeah. that that's something that comes with growth. I think that's also something that comes with more reps, right? Like if you know the you're carrying the ball every single time, if you know this offense depends on your looks, obviously you're going to be hopefully making the right reads there. So I sort of trust Scotty to be able to do that with the more reps that he has. Um, but one thing that I do sort of worry about is the paint touches. I have not gone back and looked at it, but I don't recall at least watching it. I know this was a criticism that I had was how few paint touches the Raptors had when it wasn't Fred Van Vliet who yeah. was on ball. Yeah. Fred yeah. Van Vliet was, did such a good job of getting inside and kicking mm-hmm. it out to guys. I know we all sort of belabor the fact that Fred Van Vliet struggled finishing i mean anyone who is six feet or under six feet is going to struggle doing that in the nba but just getting inside is so important to getting your team any sort of looks and that's what this team is going to need i guess we'll talk a little bit about dennis schroeder because he's sort of your guy to be able to do that but um with scotty it's just that handle needs to get better and the shooting needs to get better and if those two things improve then like it'd be interesting to really watch this team i think this team could be not as bad as everyone thinks if scotty can make the jumps in in those two categories yeah, definitely. And what's what's encouraging about perhaps a Scotty Barnes being the driver in those situations and getting those paint touches is that he is uh, willing to post up. He can just always bully ball, right? He always has that option to just back players down. And you can do uh, that. if you can Giannis this, let's get yeah, it. <laughs> no, for sure though. But and if he has like smaller players on him, like now he's incorporating that into his game and he's getting into the paint. Now his vision passing is able to be shown off a little bit. Um, But not to hijack this, but like that's sort of the benefit of looking at this weirdly built team is you're like, one of you guys is going to have a mismatch. OG, you got to punish yours. Pascal, you got to punish it when it's you. And Scotty, you've got to punish it when it's you. One of those three at any given time is going to have a smaller guy on them. And the Raptors are going to have to play a lot of bully bar next year, even if it's ugly to watch sometimes yeah, sure. that's what they're going to have to do because that's you you play basketball to exploit your mismatches and that's the yeah. mismatch that the Raptors are going to have 100 percent. and I, I do think that for him he might get into a situations where he's overpassing like sometimes they're going to yeah. need him to get aggressive and if if anything his mentality could be let's work look for mine let's see how they guard me and then yeah. We start passing after I'm able to get to the paint. I'm, I'm causing havoc for the other team. I'm getting a few buckets. I'm, I'm causing fouls. And now I'm able to show off my passing ability. And I, again, I do think that with Darko, um, this is my hope, right? Like a man can dream is that they're able to optimize the spacing on the court and they have smarter cutting. Like if they have Chris Boucher's all across the court who are just like timing their cuts so well, they're slipping to the basket, they're finishing around the rim. There's something there. You're getting those deep seals. Like they have a lot of tall players, obviously, right? Yeah. Are they able to implement a system that complements Scotty's passing ability along with, you know, this, this low touch time? And there's something, there could be something there, right? It's easy for us to sit here and say that they have no shooting, but they didn't have any shooting last season. And they still almost made a playing spot. And their offense was terrible. Like it was absolutely awful. And they have Yucca Pertle. They were seventh in defense when they once they got him. If you get a bit more out of your offense, which there's reason to believe Darko can do that, who knows? It's not impossible. Not maybe not likely, but it's not impossible. 
Maybe we're reaching. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah. What, yeah. What are the What's Raptors up? doing? Go back to my tweet again. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Schroeder or Gary Trent Jr. as a starter? Mm. What are the positives I of, will go with, of both? Yeah. To, uh, number one positive with Gary Trent Jr. is continuity, right? Mm. Like, I think that that's an important part of this um but then the most obvious one is going to be shooting he is yep. still a better shooter than dennis schroeder mm-hmm. um so i think continuity and i think shooting are going to be the two biggest ones um also like i was looking at uh, gary Trent jr's numbers when he was with pascal and when he's not playing alongside pascal mm. pretty stark <laughs> yeah it's a pretty, pretty stark um but no to me it's just like you're going to need the shooting with the starting lineup i think having Gary Trent Jr. makes the most sense. I think having Dennis Schroeder come off the bench because you're, again, going to need a point guard on your bench. You're going to need someone who can run Mm -hmm. offense with your bench. And also, like, you get a change of pace with the bench as well, right? Like, that's always a a great addition when teams have that sort of change of pace when you have a bench player. Mm -hmm. And Gary Trent Jr. doesn't really provide that because he's not going to be the lead guard. Um, You know, he's not going to bring the ball up and do any of that stuff. He's a a great complimentary player with the starters, I think, um, as the fifth starter there. But um, with the bench, you have someone who can, we mentioned it, get get downhill you need mm-hmm. paint touches you need rim pressure you need someone to be able to do that and so to get a guard who great rim pressure can attack the basket that changes the entire speed of the game that gives you a different look than when you're playing bully ball and watching og mm-hmm. and then you know post up or whatever it is go and you change the pace entirely with a dennis schroeder i think is a great look for the raptors i'm actually like you know you mentioned it the raptors have like 13 playable guys i'm like more excited about the bench <laughs> and I'm like oh sure. the starters even though yeah. I love all of the names on the starters I love all of them I'm just like you need a traditional guard you need pull-up shooting mm-hmm. and that's something that they don't have but um hey maybe they can do it by committee maybe Gary Trent Jr.'s looks a little bit more like two seasons ago as opposed to last season there's just different ways to do it but I think the shooting capabilities of Gary Trent Jr. makes it so that he makes more sense with the starters I also like his fit alongside those guys a lot better um mm-hmm. We saw him screen for Pascal last year as well. Uh, I I guess we saw Dennis Schroeder screen for LeBron too he last did. year. So like he, he did there is well too. there is some of that. Yeah, there is some yeah. of that that you're going to get because you need that, right? Like you need to replace Fred VanVleet in a lot of ways, and one of those is going to be screening. That's something that like Scotty's got to be able to do. Mm. Tough. Um, it's just <laughs> tough to have someone who doesn't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Pascal, Scotty, one of you guys need to be able to really shoot the ball. Um, but yeah, we're gonna see a lot of inverter pick and rolls, and we saw the Raptors do that with Gary Trent Jr. last year, and so I can see them continue continue to do that there. But like, mm. I don't know, shooting, 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 shooting is what this comes down to, and I think continuity is also important. So I'm I'm rolling with Gary there. Yeah. I- Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. See both sides of it. Um, with Gary, though, everything you mentioned, absolutely. There's a movement shooting ability to him, which you can which also just helps uh, create decoys, get teams in rotation. Um, it's never a bad thing to have someone like that. We're not really used to it, <laughs> but uh, it is a good thing. Hopefully, we see some of that from Brady Dick uh, going forward. Um, and Gary as well. I mean, his his defense, just having some screen navigation with a bit more size uh, is never a bad thing. And uh, you trust his three-point shooting. So the Raptors, I would imagine, want to get in transition. You have someone who can just fill lanes, right? Who can stretch out the defense. And that, there's that's definitely needed, right? You can't always yeah. have everyone you know clogging the paint. It would be nice to have someone not doing that. But the Dennis Schroeder thing, like I keep on going back to this and people have given me some flack for it. And I understand, right? You're thinking that he should be the backup point guard. That's what he has been in previous seasons, yada, yada, yada. Um, but when he has spoken, Dennis Schroeder, he has mentioned yeah. uh, during his media availability, he has said himself that, you know, he had mistakenly said that, you know, a chance to be a starting point guard with Darko and Ooh. someone corrected him. It was with Ake, actually. He said, I was like, oh, you're going to be a starting point guard? He's like, oh, no, I mean, whatever my role is, yada, yada, yada. But then when he was talking to Akil Augustine, he had said yeah. that Darko said his role would be similar to the one he has with the German national team from a leadership perspective and also on court perspective. You put those together and I'm like, huh, he came here, he knows Darko, he knows how he wants to play. Um, and then you think of the on-court product and maybe they don't want to give Scotty Barnes the full reins as a point guard, right? And as you mentioned, it's useful to, to tap into the other parts of Scotty's game. Like I want to see him posting up. I want to see him um, running DHOs as a screener and I want to see him getting downhill and maybe you can tap into more of that if he isn't always on ball and you're kind of going back and forth a little bit having a secondary point guard is useful right and he's 6'3 Dennis Schroeder that's not he's not six foot right so he can play some twos and especially with the size the Raptors have there could be something there that could help them have uh, a bit more balance with their roster overall and we don't they know that we know that they don't have really many shooting guards really just one kind of Gary Trent Jr. Um, and I guess OG and Anobi, if we're talking the situation, maybe it could be, it could be OG sometimes yeah. it could be Dennis Schroeder too. And his three point shooting. Yeah. I mean, I'd mentioned that he had the, he shot the same percentage as Fred, you know, last, last season from catch and shoot perspective, granted Fred was at 4.1 attempts per game. Dennis was at 2.8. So there is a difference. I don't know. Playing with Darko. OKC, okay, his time there, he he shot the corner three really well. Who's Perhaps there's something. Who's your, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got Malachi Flynn, you got Jeff Doughton Jr. And you got Scotty Barnes. That's true. That's true. You can just sort of stagger them so that, which is, you know, theoretically what I wanted to see the Raptors do last year. It's just yeah. the problem was Scotty running the show, I think, works better with the starters. I was looking through the numbers. I mean, mm -hmm. cleaning the glass. Uh, I was on there. There were 129 possessions with the what the Zoom starting lineup would be. Um, and the numbers there are pretty bad. So I feel like that's what is going to be talked a lot about. And that would be yeah. um, Scotty Barnes at the one, uh, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Yaka Pertle. The numbers mm -hmm. there were, were really bad. It was only 129 possessions. But then you swap out Yaka Pertle for Christian Coloco, and those numbers <laughs> were beautiful and it was 140 possessions why? which is all to say 
small sample size. Let's all throw yeah. it out the window, going yeah. through the numbers and really digging in. Cause I'm like, you know, Jakob is not a worse player than Christian Coloco. There's no reason for this to fall off the cliff. It was just three-point shooting variance, which is what happens when you have entirely small sample sizes like this. Like, what is mm. that? 129 possessions, five quarters of basketball that we're basing this off of. Sure. Um, it was entirely um, just three three-point shooting variance. And so I'm not not super down on the idea of what the starting lineup could look like with Jakob Pertl in there just because he's good. But I, I hear what you're saying with with yeah. um with 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 Schroeder as well. But it's just so funny to look through the numbers because I was like, ooh, that starting lineup is mm. bad. Maybe Schroeder should yeah. start. And then I like saw that with Coloco was actually a brilliant lineup. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. 129 <laughs> to 140 possessions, not enough. Hmm. And Dennis is gonna get to the three throw line too. That'll be useful, but yeah, then with the, that's with the space, be, and that's yeah. another drawback in terms of like that we didn't mention with the starting point guard. You need a guy who can get to the free throw line. Yeah, and then but if, I think a lot of this falls on Pascal Siakam as well. Like I, I think that like you're going to have is he going to be there? Gone. Yeah, sorry, we'll get. To oh that. yeah, let's get to that. Do you think Pascal Siakam is going to be here? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I don't feel good saying okay, it. I'll take the I don't, other. I don't, I'll take the yeah. other stance on that. Okay. I'm going to say he'll stay. Yep. So tell me why he's not going to be here. I'm going to, I'll, 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 I'll be, he stays and you be, he yeah. won't stays. What's your arguments? Yeah. Argument is, is that it seems the Raptors want him traded. They want to, uh, and I don't think they're really willing to uh, give him the supermax. If he is indeed, you know, makes himself eligible next season. If he reaches uh, all NBA, he becomes supermax eligible. And I don't know if the Raptors want to go down that route with him necessarily. And also um, it seems like they've, already kind of tried to trade him but it's been pascal we're just going off reports i don't know but it seems like he's the one that uh, has said that no i'm not going to go to this team i'm not going to resign with this team and via chris haynes he had said that there's a very small amount of teams that he has said he is willing to uh resign with to do an extension with and in the end i think the toronto raptors office front office i mean they're very good um they've had a bit of a downtime here but they get what they want usually when they want to do something, they usually get it. You guys didn't want like, a point guard? You guys couldn't get one? <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean, I, I think I think Darko wanted Dennis Schroeder. I think he yeah, wanted him. Yeah, and, that's and, true. And, and I, once, I think the Raptors yeah. do want to see Scotty Barnes in that role. And I think it's important for the Raptors to see Scotty Barnes in that role. I think yeah. this season is a lot about Scotty. And if Scotty takes that jump and is that, you know, takes that, takes that third-year leap that we've seen Pascal take, that we've seen other stars around the league take – then you're going to want additional star talent around him. I don't really buy the idea that that Pascal and Scotty don't work well together. The numbers disprove that. Yeah. Um, the numbers disprove that. And I think you want someone who can create their own shot. You yeah. want someone who does all of the things that Pascal Siakam does. Like you're going to want that. So if Scotty takes that next leap, why not pair them together? Why not have two all-star, all-NBA caliber guys together? And if Scotty doesn't take that leap, mm. I don't know that I'm really ready to trade Pascal Siakam and see what this team holds. Um, yeah. You know, like, so to me, it's just like, there's more than one reason to keep Pascal. Um, and I think Scotty will be fine. But beyond that, I also think that like the Raptors, the Raptors just lost a ton of assets. I know everyone's been talking about from the championship year, and I sort of disregard the Marcus Souls and the Serge Ibaka's because mm -hmm. they weren't going to keep them. They were aging. Didn't make sense. Uh, Kyle Lowry, you do 
why did I say his name like that? You do Kyle write Lowry. by Kyle La- Kyle Lowry. <laughs> you do write by Kyle Lowry. And then with Fred Van Vliet, that's the one sort of quote unquote asset yeah. that they yeah. lost for nothing. And it really, really for hurt. Sure. I don't think they do that with Pascal, but I also so like they've got to do something. But I also think that they need to get and like it's we are talking about players in this way, but like the most bang for their buck, right? And mm-hmm. I think that means signing him. I don't know if he'll sign an extension. But you sort of keep that asset and you maybe move them down the line. I don't know if you move them this year. And that's why I've just been stuck on what is this Raptors team doing? Because if this offense looks as clunky as we're all talking about, because we're discussing this and we're discussing options, it's yeah. not the prettiest unless guys, unless everyone across the board takes a step up shooting. And sure. let me say 2021, everyone was a much better shooter than 2022 across the board. Everyone on this roster, except for OG Ananobi, who stayed the same, was a better shooter in 2021. So if they make that sort of jump again, maybe they're fine. Maybe they look a lot better than they did last year. But um, if they don't, you're wasting another year of Pascal Siakam in his prime. Mm. And that doesn't make much sense to me. So like that's where I'm sort of stuck on like, it doesn't make sense to trade him right now because you're not going to get as much for him. But also not trading him is wasting him, which makes it more likely he leaves. So they're in such a weird spot. But I have to believe they try and keep those guys and try to flip them down the line. So it looks like a mess. It looks like a mess. I, I'm really trying to understand this Raptors team. I understood it when it was keeping five and fleet. I don't understand it right now hmm. um, when you don't really have much of a direction. I think a lot of it comes down to how good do Grady Dick and Scotty Barnes look is this a team ready to play and win right now? Cause then you keep your best player. And if not, maybe you just go younger and you just trade it all away. And the, the nice sample size that we're talking about of Pascal and Scotty Barnes being a duo and they, they can definitely play off each other, but also there wasn't Yaka Pearl at center. Um, yeah. It was like Precious Achua. It was their little funky lineups they were doing. And Precious was, I hope he can kind of regain that form from three because they could, they could really use it. Um, but it's stuff like that, that you're just like, how does, how does this work? And also it seems like Masai really likes OG Ananobi, right? Yeah. He really likes OG Ananobi and OG maybe has not come out and said it, but it seems to me that he wants a larger role. And then you got Mikael Bridges out here saying that, Hey, OG. If he's not is saying it, it. Someone is because those yeah. reports keep, keep getting dropped. Seriously. Do you hear what, uh, you see what Mikael Bridges said about OG? No, no. what he said. He said that uh, they were talking about what interview or where was he? I can't remember. Um, apologies to that that brand. But uh, he had said that um, in Phoenix, he got to the point where he kind of surpassed his role and that he yeah. was ready for more. And that essentially he just said, OG Ananobi, he's like, I think the same kind of thing for him. If you put him in a position to be successful, you give him the pick and roll reps, he's going to be successful just like I was. Um, and Now's your time, OG. I mean, kind of. Like that's what, but I think that's what we're talking about is like, it's, if you have Pascal Siakam, who is an all NBA player, who's a high usage player, who's like 24%, something like that. You're going to use that because you want to win games and he helps you yeah. win games. Right. But that also is going to take touches away from OG and Anobi. And then you look at OG season last, uh, last year, he did have a month when Pascal was gone where he averaged 21 points, 48% from the field, only 34% from three during that time. That means he was hitting a lot of twos and that, that happened, right? That yeah. was last season. So if we're talking, they got to make a decision between those two and they feel like OG can either be on the Scotty Barnes rebuild or retool side or playing alongside them with their win now mentality and they want to keep OG because he's probably one of the best at his position. 
trading Pascal Siakam makes everything make more sense. But I, I, I also don't like the idea of them just trading Pascal Siakam. You know, <laughs> it feels dirty. I, I think it. I think the market is really the true determiner of this. Mm. But you're just you're you're gonna need everyone. You, I think you really need to see what this team looks like because we're talking. Yeah. But Scotty Barnes needs to take that leap. Precious Achua needs to. We need to figure mm. something out with Precious Achua. He's also gonna be coming up on another contract. All of these guys need to sort of show you what it is. And I I just, I don't have strong belief that they can do anything without a point guard because I think those are really important in basketball. But sure. um, defensively, they'll be fine. <laughs> like, yeah. We haven't really yeah. touched on it. We've been focusing so much on the offense because that's where a lot of the drawbacks are going to be. But defensively, mm-hmm. they should be really great. The problem is, you know, when you when you're getting a bunch of stops, can you convert them in transition when you don't have a lot of shooting? Um, That's going to be another issue. Um, Look at that play-in game. Case in point, that play-in game. I mean, free throws, but... I mean, the play-in game really came down to one possession and there were 18 missed free throws. (laughs) The play-in game is a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but I think it, you know, benefited the Raptors. You you get Grady Dick as opposed to, I don't know, getting stomped by the Milwaukee Bucks. Fine, Mm -hmm. Dandy. I don't think they would have beaten the Milwaukee Bucks (laughs) like the Miami Heat did. So, um... Yeah, like I, I just, it's fine. It's whatever. So if Pascal Siakam comes back next season and he is a a reliable catch and shoot three point threat, mm. how much does that change? I think it Everything? changes a whole lot. Um, yeah. Beyond that, I think I think being a reliable pull up threat, I'm putting him in. I, I will sign the supermax myself if you have a reliable pull up three. Yeah, uh, you can. I mean, Bell and Rogers charge us a lot anyway. Take it out of my phone bill. Um, my internet um, bill. I, I, I don't. I, I think that like catch and shoot threes is going to be really important. I think you need because we, we talked about it. You know, OG sort of taking that next leap, and I said it's yours. It's kind of unfair for me to put on OG Ananobi because in a lot of these scenarios, he's going to be camped out. Um, because he's going to be used for spacing and that's what he was doing last year. And it's like, if you have other guys who can do that for you, if the Raptors can really work Mm. in a by committee thing, then that like changes the entire look of this team. I think you're going to need pull up shooting more than anything in order to really change what the trajectory of this team looks like, but yeah, more shooting will help anyone, anyone be a reliable catch and shoot guy. And I think this team looks a lot different. Anyone be a pull up shooting guy. And I'm, not Ooh. stressed at all about this team, but like, I just don't believe <laughs> yeah. that that will be the case. Hmm. So Pascal in the two months that he had his best points per game averages also coincided with his best three point percentages. So he shot 45% from the left corner, 23% from the right corner, 32% above the break. Most of his shots were obviously assisted and overall 34% on catch and shoot threes. Is there a world where he's able to get that to 37, 38%? I think there is a world that that could happen. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, it certainly, I think that there's a world mm-hmm. that that can happen. A lot of these guys are going to, they're going to be contested looks, right? Like even if we're talking about the sort of next step that OG can take in, in taking over for Pascal Siakam, he's not better than Pascal Siakam. No, <laughs> like, not at all. No. Even in a bigger role, Absolutely even not. in, you know, he can yeah. take Mikhail Bridges reps right now. He's not a better player <laughs> than Pascal Siakam is. So you're still, there's still a downgrade there in terms of like, mm-hmm. who's going to be the one spacing for you. Um, but like, can he get to 
I will never be one to put a ceiling on Pascal Siakam because I think anyone who's ever done that, uh, he's absolutely made look like a fool. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I, I certainly think it's doable. I think it's possible. And I think it changes the look of this team if you have Pascal being a reliable catch-and-shoot guy, especially because a lot of these are going to be contested shots that he's taking. So if you can, I'm sorry about that, if you can shoot, okay. um, if you can shoot reliably, that reliably, that honestly, excellently on mm. contested catch-and-shoot looks, then yeah, this Raptors team looks a lot different. Yeah, man, if Pascal has a reliable three-point shot, his points per game averages goes up to like 27, 28. If it's, it's a full like of three, simple. I will sign <laughs> the Supermax for yeah. you. I will force MLSE to give yeah. you that money. Here's my pen. I just, I just like, that's the thing. If if he has that, we're talking about him in the same way we talk about any sort of superstar guy. Right? That's sure. the difference. That's what separates the truly elite from the second third team all NDA guys. Right. Um. So that to me is like the biggest game changer. That's also just, I mean, you're asking someone to turn into a superstar. You're asking someone to turn into an MVP caliber player, which might be too big of an ask, but um, I, hey, Pascal, you want that Supermax. You want to be top five in the league. I'm going I'm to show you mm-hmm. how. <laughs> well, he's an MVP content guy. You see that clip yesterday that he circulated? Soccer player, Pascal Siakam. Yeah. And he's just lying to people right in the street. <laughs> Tell them to watch them on TV. <laughs> honestly yeah steer people away from the raptors i guess is that is that the plan pascal (laughs) don't call me apparently don't call me and don't watch me that's what he's saying don't call me when i'm working out that's every day of the week that's a it's a bar for one i'm not sure if anyone saw that but that was a video we put on his social so yeah his content's been great um so i appreciate that and will he be a raptor i don't know i wish i knew but a lot of makes yeah, sense. So I just Once, want to watch but, fun basketball. I just want to be yeah. good at basketball. Get as many good players as you can. Honestly. Seriously. But maybe it's unfair to him to just waste his, what, he'll be 30 by the time the playoffs roll around. We're just going to be wasting that year for him. Maybe that's not fair. But, like, selfishly, I just want to watch good players be good. Last season was, like, when was the last time there was a, a Raptor season that was that disappointing? 2012-2013. Yeah. That was the year that, uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. year yes, they yes, started 4-19. Yes. Mm. And, and a large part of why they were that disappointing that year, that that's a year that's just been ingrained in my brain um, as the most disappointing. I've never been more heartbroken over a team this year, rivaled it. Um, but a large part of the reason for that was the amount of close games that you lost, right? Like, I don't mm. remember. I started 4-19, and, and first game right out the gate, they lose because George Hill hits a game winner. <laughs> <laughs> automatically like what is happening a couple <laughs> games later al jefferson of all people <laughs> hit a three um <laughs> like yo respect al jefferson that man was up. underrated but yes yes yeah yes, yes, but yes, like yes. but still yeah. not a part of his repertoire because no. the raptors refused to foul up two <laughs> or up three they refused to foul so he ties the game goes into overtime so like there, there was another one where the scorekeepers waved off a um an Andrea Bargnani shot at the buzzer. There was another one. Like it just, it kept happening. Um, I, I, I've got to run. So like, and nobody cares about 2013, 2012, 2013 Raptors, but um, it, or is it 2013, 2014? No, 2013, 2014, no. they were good. It was the year before. So it was just, it was so many close games 
And all of these games lost in the final moments. And if we look at last year, again, a lot of really close games that were lost in the final moments. And that's the sort mm-hmm. of difference between being a 48-win team and a 41-win team. I know uh, Will and Saad were just talking about that. That's sort of like the biggest difference between that um, 48-win team the year before where they were, I think his stat was 26 and 19 in the clutch. Yeah. And last year they were 19 and 26 um, in the clutch. So it's like, that's a that's the swing. That's your seven game swing right there. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's mark. the difference between yep. being a good team and being a bad team, being a four or five seed and being in the play in it's clutch games. And a lot of these games were not lost in the clutch because the Raptors just, they, they're not it. They can't, they can't do it. It's just like, it's really big. Like there's a bunch of like 18 missed free throws is obviously one of them that, I guess happened in the play and not in the regular season, but we saw the Scotty miss layup. We saw the Gary Trent Jr. miss layup. We saw Kyrie Irving hit threes against us. You just see so many moments where it's like, oh yeah, the Raptors yeah. just lost that at the buzzer. But um, it was a game that they were in the entire time. It's not like mm-hmm. a um, a fake comeback. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know, like all that to say that was the most disappointing season. And a large part of it was because you were losing winnable games and you were mm-hmm. losing it in new ways every single time like what do you mean Al Jefferson hit a three what do you mean <laughs> um, Tim Duncan and Tim Duncan um Greg Popovich yells at a referee and then the game absolutely changes for the uh for the Spurs in overtime which was like mm. game five of the season or something game four there were so many games that year back to back to back to back that resulted in the Raptors losing in the clutch yeah. and that's exactly what happened last year and uh it hurts it sucks but that's, hey, that led that's to a really great year the next year. Everyone thought they would be bad the following year, and it it led to some great some great things. It did require trading your um, franchise player in, in Rudy Gay at the time. Um, but yeah, that's uh, to let the young guys shine through. So maybe yeah. that's some foreshadowing there. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what the the name of the game here is that I would really like some role definition with the Toronto Raptors going forward. And that's another reason why I thought Gary Trent Jr. coming off the bench could be beneficial just because you have connected pieces like Dennis Schroeder and Jakob Pertl in your lineup. And then you have Pascal and Scotty and OG as your creators, your play finishers, yada, yada, yada. So it just makes more sense. However, the shooting is still a drawback and we'll just have to see how all that goes. And the bench will be better which should in turn help the starters in some capacity, right? Right? Play less minutes, 35 versus 38. I don't know. Certainly play less minutes. Yes. Yes. So there you go. Okay, everyone. Thanks so much. Aman, good times. We'll talk to you all very soon. Bye, everybody. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.